You don't know me. Welcome to Barely Educated, our first episode of the new year of 2022. We thank you all for joining us this last year, getting this podcast off the ground and hopefully on to bigger and better things this year. Today, of course, is January 6th, a day that lives in infamy for all of us, a day we will never forget, a day we should not forget. I am referring, of course, to the double doink of 2019. Yeah, I knew you were going there. I knew that's where you were going. You suck, Chris. And fittingly, another bit of bad news today. Yes. Uh, with me is Mark Jensen. Hey, Mark. Good as always hey, to see you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, whoa. Oh. It's almost like we've done this too many times. Yeah. Your traveling's yes. done. My traveling's done. And the bears are done. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. They're not done making news, though. Those freaking beloved idiots. Oh, man. I'm in a toxic relationship with the Chicago Bears. Yes. On one of the forums I sometimes frequent, somebody asked, like, when would you quit on the Bears? And that was my answer. I was like, I'd never dump them, but I'm in a toxic relationship. Yeah. Same. Just that you can have that post and have, like, 70 replies in, like, an hour tells you a lot about the franchise. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I, so, um, you know, I was eight when they won the Super Bowl in uh, I was five. January 26, 1986. And there is a big part of me that is still nine years old waiting for that second Super Bowl. You know? Yep. It's been a long wait. Maybe that's why I like fart jokes so much because it's a big You're part still of me nine? still nine. Yeah. That could explain a lot of the editing, really. It, it could. Look at that what? behind the curtain. Look at the pot, everyone. <laughs> Deep look. But, yes. My bearing yeah, my traveling shoulder. is done. We should be back to a fairly predictable schedule. Apologies to anyone who actually is upset that we missed an episode or two from traveling, but it is what it is. Life gets in the way. But yeah, good, good, uh, good Christmas and holidays with the fam. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, by the end, it's like okay, I need to get home. I need to get home. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's how it always is, right? Yeah. At some point, it was weird for me coming back from being gone for a couple of weeks home for a few days gone for a week again it's just like i'm ready to be home for a stretch Man. because i missed the barely educated podcast twice oh, a week of course Instead of this once a week nonsense we've been doing <laughs> so next week we should make twice a week happen i think that sounds good two episodes there's gonna be a lot so, to talk about postseason yeah there's still a lot to talk about today and i feel like we're supposed to be in the holding pattern but there's a ton to talk about I feel yeah. like you say that every week. Where did it begin, Chris? Well, like I say that every time. <laughs> we had talked maybe about doing the show yesterday because we heard Dustin Fields was going to be starting. Woohoo! And then this morning, oh, apparently he's got the Rona. Now he's on the COVID list. Now, I guess that doesn't mean he has it, but he was exposed to it. Is that? And he's fully vaccinated, he says. And I don't okay. think this is a Aaron Rodgers immunization situation. Yeah, more on that later. Yeah. Uh, so I guess there's still an outside chance he plays. Oh, there is. Somebody oh. nationally was saying that, like a couple of the other reporters, like he's got it. It's a long shot, still a chance. But I think for, for the sake of the discussion, let's assume he doesn't. Yeah, that's probably safer. 
Dang, I'll man. still watch because I'm a little football bears starred with all my travels. I know, and it's the last one. And I'm one. a glutton for pain, and it's the last one. The last one. And it's tradition to beat the Vikings for no reason at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm going to watch. Yeah, we only get a few of these every year, so absolutely yeah, I'm going to watch. I'm finally been... home for one. I'm going to uh-huh. watch. It would have been more fun to watch Justin Fields, and maybe I'm, I'm encouraged that maybe there's a slight chance. You're telling me there's a chance? Um, there's a chance but it's very slight that would be so you're telling me there's a chance that would make it more enjoyable that's for sure but i mean maybe sense of relief that Nagy can't hurt him further or get him hurt in a significant way if he doesn't play that's the one positive right the one big positive yeah leave it to bears fans to find a silver lining right we have a lot of practice processing crappy news that we hate There's your silver lining, ladies and gentlemen. He can't There's... get hurt in any significant way if he's not playing, presumably. I should probably knock on wood with that one, too. And we can maybe, you know, say goodbye to Andy Dalton in a proper way Sunday. You want Dalton or Foles? <laughs> Just kidding. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Uh, do we want to do the... Uh... I would like well, to... If I can keep Foles as, as uh, backup... I'd rather have him than uh, Dalton as a backup for a few. Well, he might have to. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. He's the best backup in the league. Dalton had a dropped. Uh... And Huntley. Him and Huntley, apparently. Yes. And that makes me interested in taking a look at uh, Greg Roman, but we can talk about that later, too. But... <laughs> Unintended segue or jumping the gun? Jumping the gun. Jumping the gun. Because <laughs> we got some uh, Aaron Rodgers and Hub, who we like to talk about frequently on this podcast yeah it's it's the it's a good old-fashioned idiot off right (laughs) it's two of our favorite punching bags i'm sorry we spend too much time on this pod on both these guys and then they just give us this story this week i don't know how i could possibly ignore it you don't know me yeah uh so you want to recap uh kind of what uh what's going on and what started this it started on our beloved score 670 radio station yeah, Parkins, who I think is the best guy on the radio in Chicago, on the Bears. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and Spiegel, and Spiegel was pretty quiet during the interview, it interviewed Hub about, you know, the usual NFL stuff they do. And, you know, he covers the Bears and he covers the NFL. And he's been doing it for 30 years or whatever. And they got around to talking about the MVP vote, and, and they spent about five minutes out of the 20-minute segment on this. So it wasn't like a quick hit and gone and during that, Hub Arcus said he was not going to vote for Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't think the MVP should be the biggest jerk in the league. I think that's a direct quote. And it shouldn't be a guy who hurt his team, which he meant two things. He meant all the drama in the offseason. Yes. And he meant whatever the vaccination thing was for that Chiefs game. And he specifically called Rodgers a jerk and said he wasn't going to vote for him for those reasons. That caused a huge uproar on Twitter after PFT – got a hold of the story and did their little quick article that doesn't give full context. I, I, there's one thing I hate about this whole story. It's how we consume media. And it's so telling mm-hmm. Parkins actually made this point the next day after the Twitter blow up. That's like, how many people I put this tweeted this out too, but how many people mad about the whole thing actually heard the five minutes in question versus just reading a little line or two in an article by PFT or SI or ESPN or whoever. All right. And then, and then you get a 140 characters on Twitter and a 30 second clip, maybe, you know what I mean? So like, we don't get the whole context ever. We all rush to react and so on. 
And so that part just frustrates me on a, on a bigger picture as far as how we do media now in this country. And it's a, mm-hmm. obviously comes up every presidential election. You get that where it's serious. Those were Hub's reasons to not vote for Aaron Rodgers the next day. And of course, Twitter blows up that night. The next day, they interviewed Rodgers. And you know what he said, right? Oh, I know what he said. Yes. You might hear it later in the editing what he said. Yeah, we should. I think most of the audience probably already knows, but he said Hub was a bum. I think he's a bum. He's a bum. I heard of that guy until he, you know, got mad at Rogers. And Rogers then said, you know, unless you want to put another V in the MVP, most valuable vaccinated player, blah, blah, blah. And it's like uh, caused this huge sort of meltdown on Twitter. And then Hub issued a, a sort of awkward apology, I would call it. Did you read his apology? I, I did not. I, I really wasn't interested. And, uh, it seems like there was some non-apology apology in there. There was. There definitely was. Um, I think he feels bad for calling him a jerk. And I think he's trying to save his MVP vote. So let's let's break it down a little bit. Okay. And I'll give you my thoughts. Hopefully not take forever. But I have a lot of thoughts on this, actually. Take it. Yeah. <clears throat> so first of all, the biggest thing Hub is guilty of is saying the quiet part out loud. There are plenty of voters who vote personally. I don't agree with his logic, but what he did first and foremost is he said the part out loud that you're not supposed to say out loud. That's been a joke on Twitter all over the place, and it's true. Mm-hmm. So he's not the only one doing this. That does not absolve him of it. I think it's completely absurd to base the MVP uh, or to explain it using words like jerk. However, I think Hub's point is getting lost in the shuffle here. Because he argued it and articulated it so incredibly poorly in the interview. I mean, what would your reaction be if he had said this? Guys, this MVP race is really close between about four candidates. And, you know, I could look at a number one way in favor of Brady, another stat, and I could say it's Cup, another stat, and I could say it's Jonathan Taylor. And then, of course, Rodgers has been terrific and has the best record. So because it's so close on the field, I'm, I choose to consider other things and off-the-field behavior as one of my tiebreakers, and that's why I'm not going to vote for Aaron Rodgers. Would you have called that some huge controversy? Uh, that would have been much better. I still think he should have uh, should not have said anything about who he wouldn't vote for. I still think that's not a Yeah, so I'm not but saying that, that would have been covered much it perfectly, but his explanation was just awful. Yes. Like most of his explanations all year – Hence him being a pod punching bag for us. Yeah, he sounded like the uh, what's been come to know be known as cancel culture. It sounded like he was being yeah. a you know a stereotype of that of the well, I'm just not going to you know he's which yeah, I was not done well. If he had done what you just said, yeah, that would have been much better. I think. Yeah, so like that's I don't feel like that's that hard for him to have done. So I am not exonerating him at all. It was a ridiculously stupid thing to say, and he should I think in a lot of ways uh, have his vote reviewed for it for next year i mean i don't know if he should lose it i don't know enough about the process right but it sure sounds like people who do know about this think that could be on the table and so i'm not defending hub however rogers was the one who chose to make it solely about the vaccination status which was not in fact hub's point correct hub's point was he hurt his team and that he lied about the vaccination status or deliberately misled, mm-hmm. not because he wasn't vaccinated, although that is, of course, a consequence of not being vaccinated. But still, Rogers took it a different direction. And I thought that, that I guess I would like to think a millionaire athlete 
with way more influence would be better at taking the high ground, but he just can't do it. I don't think he can. I just don't think he's very smart. I think he's just, you know, dumb football player. <laughs> I mean, he he's likes a, to he's style a, himself as smart. He's a brilliant football player. I should amend how yeah. I say that, but yeah, he just came off as someone who, you know, with yeah, no respect, no high road at all. You know, the, I think even someone like Jake Cutler, who apparently is much more likable than Aaron Rodgers, by the way, even Jay would have been like, oh, that's his opinion, you know, blah, 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 blah. He wouldn't Again, have... I, I have a PR statement for Rodgers on this. Because I think, see, I think Rodgers wanted to be the funny guy and entertain and get the big W, which Twitter loved what he said, because they don't read and they don't have any contextual understanding of anything that mm-hmm. they comment on on Twitter. But he should have said, who? <laughs> I honestly don't know who that is. Does he, he has an MVP vote? Oh, okay. Well, I think I can win it with the others. He's entitled to his opinion. And if I don't, I'm out for a Super Bowl anyway. That would have been better um, and funnier. Instead, we get Hub the Bum versus Rogers the Jerk. It's just like, guys. <laughs> and I will say this, Hub, if you've covered it for 30 years or whatever, you've got to know better. Come on, man. He should know better. And I don't buy for a second that Rogers doesn't know who he is. Come on. Hub's in the yeah, Chicago yeah, he's... market. He's a si- Isn't <clears throat> Hub still a sideline reporter for CBS? Yeah, he's always like, still doing Westwood One. He, and... Yeah, he knows who Hubbard. All I'm saying is Rogers could have could have still gotten in a burn. Yes, and done it a little better. And I I happen to think, or I question. Let me put it that way: why he brings up the vaccination status as the boogeyman again? It plays to a certain group of his constituents, doesn't it? It does. And maybe he's kind I was... of the champion of that line of thinking. Maybe he knows exactly what he was saying, and I'm wrong. Yeah, so I, I will Maybe. push back on your idiot thing and, yeah. and raise you a sinister and clever. <laughs> that, that could be. I, yeah, I, uh, that would make sense. He's an absolute bum. And for the record, I don't want our Bears fans to be the point here. Well, you you tweeted about this, and of course, we're attacked for that. Uh, yeah, that got to be on our account. But like also by comments and a couple hundred likes last time let, I looked. Let me, yeah, let me tell you, yeah, Mr. Uh, Mr. Dr. Jansen here. The eminent archaeologist. This tweet you put out yesterday. No, Aaron Hub is upset that you lied about following vaccinated player protocols. I think Hub is wrong about the MVP reasoning, but Rogers is wrong here too. So it's not that hard. They're both it's not being that morons. Hard. It's not that hard. And there's nothing in there that su- even suggests, I don't like Aaron Rodgers because I'm a Bears fan. But that didn't prevent those kind of replies from coming. But we it got have a lot of likes at the same time. So 288 likes. Oh, our, wow. it's like that's more our than first, my last time. That's our first tweet to blow up. I had a, a Twitter told me, oh, we get it. You're getting a lot of notifications and like asked me if I wanted to do something. I just muted the thread at one point. That's probably a good idea. But I was only trying to point out that they're both wrong. Mm-hmm. But you now, did. Yeah. So, and of whatever. course, people didn't hear. You know, now that I think about it, based on what Roger said and the replies to this tweet, I think you are probably right that he he was steering exactly towards a certain fan uh, in mind because almost all of the replies from people supporting Rogers are about him not being vaccinated and like the and there's a mix of people being like yeah he lied like there's people on both sides replying mm-hmm. but and all the ones some... supporting him go right to the vaccination they don't do the mvp reasoning they go right to the vaccination mm-hmm. whereas yep. the sports journalists are mad that hub is taking off the field stuff into account 
So that was the conversation the first night. And then yesterday it became about the vaccine because that's where Rogers took it. It's a mm-hmm. fascinating story. Shows you a lot about where we are at as a culture, sports culture at least. And then COVID in terms of how we process information and how we react to things without really having the full context most of the time. And that's the part that is actually most frustrating. Mm. But back to football. Excellent point. That's all this touched on it. What do you think of the MVP race? Oh, well, I mean. Can anything in the last week change it? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so so I say we go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. Um, Personally, just based on how the Packers looked without Rodgers when uh, Jordan Love was in there, ooh, ooh, I think. Lord haste the day. (laughs) I know. (laughs) There, now there's my Bears bias. Let's get Rodgers. And what's his record the last, like, three years against the division? Like, perfect? Something 19, like 20, and 21. I don't think he's thrown an interception. He's lost like two games. He's thrown four interceptions this year. Yeah, he's amazing. Four. He's an amazing football player. Yeah. I think if you look at the MVP from that, like who matters most to their team, I would say it's Aaron Rodgers. If you look at who's had the best season, you can make a case for Tom Brady. Although we were texting back and forth, I think getting <clears throat> shut out deeper in the season kind of tarnishes that a little bit. You said that Rodgers only putting up three in the opener tarnishes that. So, you know, you could have a fun discussion. Yeah, I think I think it's a four sort of four horse race. With, I'm going to say Taylor's out making it three because Indy's record isn't great. Yeah, he's a great player. He's the fantasy football MVP, him and Cup. Mm-hmm. Brady versus Rodgers is pretty interesting because Brady has way more attempts, which gives him way more yards and way more interceptions. Mm hmm. But it's still 5,000 yards and 40 TDs and 12 interceptions. Most years, that's your MVP. Right. On, on a 12 and 4 team, which will probably be 13 and 4, right? Yes. Unless they don't have a reason to play. Who knows? Either way, the two seed is still up for grabs. I assume they're going to play. And then you have Rodgers, who's been talked about ad nauseum and is the favorite and will probably win it who's got the best team, but he's got a way better running game, so he doesn't throw it near as much, which allows him to be more efficient. Mm-hmm. My point is, with those two guys, you could pick a stat to favor your argument and yes. kind of get into a dead end. Correct. Agreed. It's reasonable to say, well, I'm picking the guy who's got the one seed then. It historically goes to a QB with a one seed. Mm. Right? That's like a normal thing for the MVP. Yeah. Recent history course. for sure. Yeah. But I think, you know, I, I would really give Cooper Cup a strong look. I know it's they're not going to pick a receiver. I get it. But historic season, almost set 16-game records, has a chance to set season records with the asterisks of the extra game. Yeah. Most important offensive player on a team winning the toughest division. That's true. Because I can't help but point out the NFC North stinks, and so does the NFC South. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup is doing this against much better teams by and large. And Stafford would be a disaster without him, I think. Yeah. And I don't know where the Rams are without him, and it's a historic season, so it's like, to me, don't sleep on that one as a legitimate candidate, even though I know he stands no chance because of the position he plays. But if you put a gun to my head and made me pick, I think I'd pick Cup. But mm. I also like to go against the grain and, and give it to non-QBs every now and then, even though, again, it won't happen. Yeah, do you, by any chance, do you know the last non-quarterback to win the MVP? Barry Sanders sharing it? No, it's a little more recent than that. Oh, okay. It was, it was 2012. Thompson? 2012, Minnesota Vikings. Oh, AP. AP. Before that, it was LT. 
in uh, okay. 2006. So, so we're due there. We're due. How about that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, since 2007, I, I can't imagine it it's been all quarterbacks except once since 2007. I mean, he's going up against the two QBs who at the times that they retire will probably be in the top three for greatest ever. Right. Like Brady already is widely considered. And you've got Manning and then Rogers give Rogers another few years and he's going to be right there. One mm-hmm. A and one B with Brady, depending on championships and MVPs and, um, so, yeah, Rodgers is a totally fit candidate is the point I wanted to make to bring it back to Hub. Yeah. The idea that he's not because of something that happened before this season is pretty absurd, even if I think there's a pretty strong line between off-season drama and blown out by the Saints. They overcame it due to his play the rest of the way. Like, he's a very worthy candidate, even if I'm saying, eh, it's closer than people think. You can't. With a straight face, Baker, no, he's a jerk. I'm not voting for him. But come on. Right. I mean, that is absurd from Hub. Yes. You know, I'm looking at this MVP list here. Going back to 1957, there has never been a wide receiver MVP. All right. I'm going to say as the historian, I should probably not die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> and the first two were, was a fullback from Cleveland. You may have heard of a certain Jim Brown. Oh, yeah. And there was more, you know, more. it was mostly quarterbacks, but there's the occasional running back in there. Uh, I mean, it's going to be Rodgers. Let's not pretend. And it's a totally worth worthy choice. Did you see or hear the Manning cast with him? I did not. They were great once again. Uh, and at one point, Peyton Manning, I think it was Peyton, whatever, whichever one was. Sorry, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Was like, you're going to be the first guy to win an MVP with four different haircuts. <laughs> That's funny. And Peyton's like, you're done at four, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Manny's the only one with five, right? Yeah. 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 You know, the one and only bear to win the MVP, my friend? You tell. A certain Walter Payton. I figured that was obvious, but I knew you wanted to say his name. I did want to say sweetness. And it was 1977, <laughs> the year of my birth. Is that a coincidence, my friend? No, not in the world you live in. <laughs> That's a <laughs> It's a special right. place, well, the world I live in. I think that's enough on that. I just wanted to explain it all the way because it was quite the, the deal on Twitter, not just for our show account, but just in general. Yeah. Um, Hopefully so, we get some more listeners out of that, uh, yeah, that we'll see. tweet that blew up, you know. But man, they, they, are, were some... they are undoubtedly going to be the one seed that's locked in, and they are the Super Bowl favorites because of it. Mm-hmm. The AFC is a much tougher thing to pick. Of I think course. the most recent one has the odds being shocking Packers versus Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But since the Packers are more certain to get there, their handicap is more certain to win it, right? Mm-hmm. That would be a pretty fun matchup, but... Yeah, I, I, we hate the Packers, but congratulations again to stomping their way through the NFC North and yet another season with by far the best QB play and coach. And, man, it would sure be good if the Bears could ever learn from any of that to figure out how to be that competent as a football yeah. organization because Green Bay is continuing to dance circles around the Bears and the Lions mm-hmm. and now the Vikings. Mm-hmm. You like that? <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna I, fire him. By the way, that's gonna be another opening that we were like trying to figure out a few weeks ago how many there'd be. He's gone. Probably Zimmer's gone. Zimmer's gone. Anyway, did you hear what he said about Kellen Mond? Oh, that was phenomenal. What a Mons? crusty old bastard Zimmer is. No. <laughs> is there a reason you don't want to see him? I see him every day. 
Oh <laughs> <laughs> How bad are you if you're getting beat out by whatever that guy's name is? Mannion, something Mannion. Do you remember there was a time we were thinking, well, maybe the Bears can get Kellen Mond or yeah, something like that in the second round? Have a chance to trade up for Fields. So, yep, sure do. Wow, crazy. Turns out crazy Davis crazy. Mills would be the next best in that tier from mm. the draft class for sure. You know, going back to the so, AFC a second. Um, yeah, sure. You know, the, the the Bengals just beat Kansas City. Are you surprised that didn't kind of that was a game. You know, shift the uh, AFC balance of power or expectation? I mean, I know they I won think by it's three. the experience factor. Okay. I think the Bengals are going to be super fun in the future. I think you know, they're kind of my adopted team because of the LSU connection sure. living down here. And they're just fun. Boy, Joe- just, we're throwing it deep when we get a one-on-one matchup and we think our guy's better than your guy and quite a bit they are burrow almost threw for a thousand yards in two games, two games. like that was insanity <laughs> and one Man. of them against the chiefs the other against the ravens i mean it wasn't like he was playing the lions and the panthers or something you know well the ravens defense is pretty bad it's not what but, it was but they're still a competent team and the chiefs and he uh, owns them and the Chiefs' defense had been playing much better the last. Yeah, season. and he still torched them. So, like, mm-hmm. I would not sleep on the Bengals. I do think the AFC still comes down to the Chiefs, even though we joked when they were three and four about how they weren't playing great and then they were going to win eight in a row, which is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. That one, that one cracks me up. Whatever ridiculous called it because it's just a joke, <laughs> but yep. it happened. Um, the Bills still have all that talent and a really good defense that doesn't get enough press. And right now it goes through Tennessee, who's getting Derrick Henry back. So that AFC Woo. has, I would say, those four teams, legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Ab- if yeah, Henry's agreed. healthy, agreed. Otherwise, you look at who Tennessee's beat, and you'd be like, not that impressed, even though they're the one seed right mm-hmm. now. And they got a win, right? If the Chiefs win and they lose, aren't the Chiefs the one seed? Uh, I'm not sure. Now, do you think the Patriots are Super Bowl contenders? Nah. I'm not quite ready for it, but with that coach, that defense, and the game plans that McDaniel's draws up, they're like they're a Super Bowl contender in that you wouldn't want to play them any given week. But in the bigger picture, I have a hard time thinking they can run through that gauntlet. Yeah, and I think I think this is where Mac Jones' rookiness is probably going to be a hindrance because you need your quarterback to uh, make the big play in the postseason and he's just not there yet i mean maybe he will be in a year or two but he certainly had the um, best year of all the rookies there's no denying this he's going to be rookie of the year if it's not chase i think it's chase should be chase at this point or rashawn slater didn't allow a pressure for like a month he's good too but you know they're not giving it to a tackle wasn't he the northwestern kid yeah he's great so you know since we just brought the two of them up chase and slater can i can i rant about the college football thing sure Herbstreit's like, oh, these guys skipping the ball games. Er. Yeah, you know, it really hurt the the best two rookies in the NFL to take the year off. You know who else took the year off last year? Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, yeah. He's the... <laughs> There's plenty of really good players who didn't play last year. He's had and a they turned out year. okay. Yeah, yeah, he's had a decent year. So, what's, I mean, college football irritates me. I mean, I like watching it, but the, the system is still very exploitative, I think. Yeah. Then they yeah. do these manipulative things like love of the game and blah, blah, blah. Point is, I think other athletes are going to look at this and think, maybe I should take that last year off work with an individual trainer or coach who's like considered to be excellent. And I'll be better off in the, in the uh, first year of my NFL career. Like it's going to be interesting to see if there's any 
people following suit when Corona isn't a thing. Yeah. And who is the uh, the Ole Miss quarterback? Right? Was it Ole Miss who? Yeah, he um, blew out his knee. Yeah, and he was predicted to be a uh, maybe the first QB taken in the draft. Yeah, it was like him and like two or three others. Weak QB draft. So yeah, that's very nice for us Bears fans. There we go. Mm-hmm. Finally, a ray of sunshine for the Bears. <laughs> so, <sighs> all right, we've put it off long enough. What do you make of all the various rumors regarding Bears? Let's just call it leadership. <laughs> as we approach Bloody Monday or Black Monday, Monday or whatever we're supposed Monday. to call it. Do I owe you two money for singing that? No, you're good. Okay, all right. I'll uh, never know. It seems like <laughs> one of our biggest subscribers is from Ireland. His name's Bono. Um, oh, Bono, we have a buy me a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it sure seems like the... Money on Nagy being let it being released is solid money, right? Like he's Boomer's gone. Precise in saying he's that Nagy's been told, but then Nagy denied being told that. So I mean, that's what happened. Around oh man, Nagy's comments were hilarious. About, I, I gotta say, I kind of loved him for just a second there for that because that was great. You know, somebody talks to somebody, talks to somebody, talks to somebody who says that they've talked to me. Just call me, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like. Nagy, you're not going to answer the question because you didn't there, but that was actually kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. I don't think Bears fans have to worry about them keeping Nagy. No, no. He's not the question. Yeah. And I'm feeling less secure in thinking that uh, Pace will be gone. I don't know. Are you feeling that way? Are you feeling that he's going to be kept? And does the that bother you? From people like Brad Biggs and some other people who are supposed to insiders, is that the Biggs of the world say he's going to be kept in some capacity. The Bears blogger and all these guys who supposedly have called it sources and got certain moves right over the years, which I don't know what to make of that. Those guys say it's still being evaluated. By the way, the, the Bears blogger, mm. pretty entertaining on Twitter. Do yes. I actually think he has sources? No idea. <laughs> but he's a fun read. Uh, I think it's trending towards pace is kept in some capacity. And depending on the capacity, I can be okay with that. And a lot of but, people have been running with our director of late round scouting joke. I know. A I bunch heard of people that using that. Not that anyone knows who we are, so they didn't steal it from us. But I was like, man, I've been joking about that for over a year. I heard that yesterday as well. Like director of third through seventh round. I was like, man. We That's my bit. Joke. Our That's bit. March bit. Yes. Uh, no, you, you take it. It. no, 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 no. no, no, no. Oh, you don't want it. You don't like it. Okay, fine. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, I like that. that. I mean, the bigs thing kind of sounds like that. Not that it would ever be late rounds. It's just some scouting role or something. Or are they going to make him the, the president of something or other and he brings in some other football guy? But like, wouldn't that be so bears? Yeah. Like, Who's coming to, oh, I'm going to work for the failed GM who's now my boss because he wasn't very good as a GM, but he brings me in to be the GM. Like, it's a, they just make everything so messy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It depends on what the the role is. Can they have him in something that's not on the football side? Probably not. What about Ted Phillips? Oh, gosh, yeah. You smell too. that? The Ted stink is the all Ted over stink. this again. Man, this I is the main to... thing. Get that guy out of the way of all of it. I don't buy that he doesn't get 
say in football decision because he's in the room when they hire GMs. That's the thing. I always 20 used years to, of this crap. I always used to think or be on the side of no, nah, they say Ted's not involved, so I'll believe it. But man, yeah, he sure is. And uh someone on the score played the clip of uh Ryan saying that, or maybe it was George saying that Ryan answers to Ted. And at the time I didn't think much of it, but like, oh man, there's really a lot there is he's there? still the boss in the organizational flow chart for whatever that is worth if he can get pushed to just the money side like the cubs comp has been crane kenny i don't know how much you know of the uh how the cubs works but uh they had one guy in charge of like the money side the business side president and then they had theo epstein uh, yeah well the there's two side. great examples three if you count the blackhawks before this year of how a restructure fixes your organization. Bulls did it too. Um, now let's 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 put our historian hat on for a second. As the Bears are a very traditional kind of conservative organization, on mm-hmm. in terms of how they operate, I don't mean politically yeah. conservative. Yeah, yeah. Um, once again, they didn't fire a coach midseason, even though they had the two week window where they could interview. Although a lot of league experts who there are so many people saying this that I decided it must be true that teams don't care. They're not going to get that worked up over a two hour window to zoom someone. And they have so many unwritten rules about respecting people doing their job that they're really not going to reach out to many coordinators. Mm -hmm. If you heard of any coordinator actually taking an interview with a team in this two weeks, I have not. So much ado about nothing. Bears didn't care, stuck with their usual, not firing mid season, even though Nagy's deliberately not playing young players. And that's what you get when you don't fire. But, Uh um, he wants that record to look as good as possible for Absolutely. future jobs, yep. presumably. So they didn't do that. They also did not tell you Phil Emery was gone before he was gone. And they never right. told you Jerry Angelo was gone before he was gone. So my message to Bears fans is, let's just wait till Monday on pace. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Has his track record been good enough to keep his job over seven years? No. No. No playoff wins, one winning season. Here's not an interesting enough. wrinkle. And I, I'm not saying this is predictive. It just the thought occurred to me the other day, and I was like, Ugh. and I need to get it out of my system. And I'm sorry to everyone who's going to hear this and go, oh, crap. Did, if Pace didn't get fired last year, what did he do this year to get him fired? So fired. The team was worse. Is that it? Robert Quinn, how's that look now? Looks pretty good. <laughs> how's the quarterback situation compared to last much, year? Much better. Who can he point the finger at to save his job or get himself somewhere else within the organization? I mean, Aggie. My point is, if they didn't fire Pace after last year, what would make them fire him after this year? Just the record and the, right? But he can say, well, this worked out. I got us a QB. Like, there's ways I can hear him winning that conversation in my head. And I'm not saying it's guaranteed. It was just a thought I had. I was like, well, dang, they wouldn't fire him after the last. What did he do this year to get fired? I I thought Justin Fields would buy both of them more time, but Nagy. Well, they actively, Nagy actively decided not to take advantage of that. Right, which is mind boggling. Perfect. Absolutely. I'm not an idiot. I just think if even if I had to handicap it right now, most likely scenarios, only Nagy is gone. Pace is something else. Nah. I don't know. And, And then next would be both. Early last week, if you had asked me, I would have said both gone is still the most likely. And now I don't know. Well, if you look There's at just too many people saying pace is safe, but we just don't know, you know because they never do it early. 
you could look at the record, but also the depth of the roster. Like, who are the playmakers on the team? Like, I like terrible. I like David Montgomery, but wide receivers are bad, except for yeah. um, except for Mooney. I mean, is Montgomery like you know uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott in his prime when he was better, or is he you know, uh, yeah, he's I don't know. certainly no um, Tennessee? Oh gosh. The the, the bottom fun. line is is one of the Olin Kruitz's points. You know, the the other great guy on the radio when he's on. I wish he had his own like real show because his pod he doesn't do it very often. But he's like the Bears don't have great playmakers. They have solid players. When yes, you the youth on the roster. You, you like Montgomery. You like Mooney, but you're not. Yes, this guy is gonna destroy the team. He's we don't have any team. of those. We don't have any of those. Even when Allen Robinson was playing like a number one, he still he wasn't really that explosive. Guy. No, he was just a good solid football player. But they need some explosive difference makers, and Pace hasn't got him any. For the record. Despite how well he drafts late, th- that's all you you get nice players late. We got to get stars. I would yes. still fire him. I'm not advocating for yeah. keeping the job with one winning season in seven years. And that's what I'm saying about depth. Yeah, I was just I had that thought that like Pace looks a little better this year than he did last year at this time, and they still kept him. That was the only fear, right? That's why Big saying he's he I think he's safe. Like yeah, I can kind of see why the Bears, keeping in mind that they bumble around like a bunch of morons with these decisions. I can totally see the Bears thinking that. He's such you, a nice boy. Do you think it's possible they don't fire him, but they say we're hiring this dude as president of football operations and he is going to do what he wants? As long, you could get that guy in the building. If, if, he, if you say we're not sure on pace yet, we're letting the president decide. Okay, but if you're going to saddle him with pace, there go half the candidates, right? Yeah. That's if he why, was... th- this is why the most important <clears throat> thing about all this, Chris, is the process. I just want the process to make sense for once. And that wouldn't make sense if they hired a president of football operations. No, that would be fine. Just hire the president, let him do the rest. Okay. You know, let him legitimately do the rest. But it would look to a lot of people like if he kept pace, he was told to. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if you fired him, then you'd be like, oh yeah, he definitely did what he wanted. So even that's a tiny bit. We have to wait and see. Yeah. Okay. But did you see Dan Weeder's tweet? Now I think Dan is as negative as anybody on the beat, and I don't normally (laughs) quote him. But the Bears give you lots of reason to be, you know, a dark storm cloud. <laughs> this recently from a trusted league source. The Uh-oh. Bears live in a constant state of denial from the top down. They stubbornly refuse to acknowledge that what everyone in the outside world sees is actually real. The same source emphasized that to him, the lack of availability and lack of openness to questions by George and Ryan and to some extent Ted is somewhat rooted in paranoia, but also a symptom of a subconscious lack of confidence in the actual direction and plan. Mitch's slide torpedoed a potential Super Bowl season. Mahomes was backing up his 2018 MVP with a Super Bowl run the next season. Ted, quote, we try not to get into that comparison game. We believe in Mitch. Patrick Mahomes is an anomaly. Nobody expected that kind of performance, end quote. Shrug and move on, shrug and move on, shrug and move on. It's in the first section of the playbook. I sent this to Buddy Brian and Cousin Nate. Buddy Brian, Cousin Nate. Okay. Double shot. And basically said, I wish I could refute this, but I can't. Can't. Nope. Well, that's warm and fuzzy on this. I mean, the last time Ted (laughs) spoke publicly, he told us, did we get the QB right? No. No. Do we have enough wins? No. 
but everything else everything, is there. Everything else. Is there. <laughs> uh, Push him so over. when I say I want the process to make sense, I want it to be like, that's a real football guy running the football. His name is Rick Smith, and he killed it for the Texans for a few years before his wife got cancer and he retired. Or it's Jeff Ireland, or it's Jim Harbaugh, and he brought his guy with him. Whatever. Just get the bumbling idiots out of the process. And at some point, George has to make the hire. He's one of the bumbling idiots. <laughs> but there's no getting around the owner, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And I don't want some situation where it's like, we fired Nagy, we kept Pace, we hired a coach, then we fired Pace after that. It's like, what are we doing? Clean sweep is it's clearly the way more, to go. Yeah. It's what everyone says. And we can't, with any real confidence, say they're going to do it. They might. What would be your uh, ideal situation going into next year? People uh, restructuring titles, whatever, like... What would you want to see to say, okay, now, finally, moving in the right Ted, direction? Ted, completely out of the way with either a retirement, a firing, or a title that is purely business. I think and your first and Somebody third with a track likely. record running the football side, and then that guy can do whatever he wants with the coach and the GM. Maybe he is the GM too, but give me that guy and let's go. I don't think Ted's getting fired, but I, I couldn't see so either. I could see retired or moved strictly to the business side. Get put him on that Arlington Heights thing, and that's yeah. It. See, I think that has a chance. I don't mm -hmm. know how strong a chance, but I think there's a chance that happens. But that's gonna be a five-year. Can, can thing. Ted Phillips bring you Jeff Ireland, Jim Harbaugh combo? I don't Ted know. Still, Ted the Phillips? boss is Jeff Ireland. Or oh, Jim Harbaugh I see what coming? you mean. No, I don't think so. Is is Rick Smith coming if he's answering to Ted still? No. And maybe that's why Chris Ballard was never an option a few years. No, it is why he said he would he would want to do it with organizational restructure, and they said no thanks. The Bears think what they do actually works. Never forget this. They are tone deaf to the reality of their own ineptitude and incompetence over a twenty-two year period under Ted. Yeah, uh, one Super Bowl appearance, which is good. You know, a lot of teams can't say that, but. Yeah, but so few that. playoff wins. Even the last Super Bowl, the last championship was because George Hallis hired Mike Ditka against let's, conventional wisdom. That's true, too. Let's you review. Know? Let's review. Lovey 10 and 6 season. He's fired because he can't get the, the offense right. I think a lot of people were ready to move on from him. Yes. He had a good run. I think he's the second best coach in my lifetime. And I'd almost say best because I don't remember Ditka at all. I would say best. I think Ditka was not. And Ditka might have underachieved, actually. Absolutely. Like was your coach there. With that team? Um, Absolutely. So they fire Lovey after they'd already fired Angelo. So they, they fire Angelo, they hire Emery. Emery and Lovey work together for a year. Clearly, Emery doesn't really want Lovey as his coach, so he fires him so he can hire Tressman. Instead of Bruce Arians. <laughs> then they fire them together, hire the youngest GM, and he He's wants fired. to hire Dan Quinn. But John Fox becomes available, and the Bears say, well, that'd be a great idea to pair a veteran coach with a young GM. He Which, in a Dan sense, Quinn, huh? does you can see how that might make sense. But the process is all wrong. Yeah. Because you're supposed to hire the GM and stay out of the way and let the GM make his hire. That's why I keep harping on the process. So then that gets us two lost years with John Fox where the GM three? signs three, sorry, three last years with John Fox, where the GM signs Mike Glennon 
Oh. The biggest guaranteed money he'd ever gotten. Only a one-year deal. I'm tired of too. people calling it a $45 million deal. It was never going to be more than one year, mm-hmm. but it's still way too much money. Holy cow, is that guy terrible. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Robert Quinn. Yeah, anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, so he hires, so he, he signs Glennon so he can use that as a smoke screen to draft Trubisky, who he won't talk with his coaching staff about, who is, as it turns out, sadly, not the answer at quarterback. Then they fire Fox, give give Pace another shot at the coach because it's only fair when they made him hire Fox, sure. Mm-hmm. They're going to bring in Nagy to help the quarterback. <laughs> we all loved the logic at the time. We did. It's good but logic. But again, the process is clean start. You guys are working together on the same page. Then they get fast forward after last year, the collaboration press conference where it finally would make sense to do one thing, attach them together. That's what you should do. That's what you should do with this hire. You two, whatever happens is happening to both of you. Mm. Right. And now we get to the end of the year and there's competing stories as to whether Pace is actually gone. And then Phillips is still, if he's still running the show, they're not going to get any different in the results because the process won't be good enough. Or they'll just get really lucky. But dumb luck has to kick in somewhere, right? I maybe you could say that it happened with Angelo too. You know, Angelo was a good GM until well, first uh, several years. He really lost Lovey his fastball got, for some reason, and Lovey I, got too much power. I maybe. think that's what it was. I think Lovey got too much power. Yeah. So that's my depressing thoughts on the big picture. They could get it right. They could stumble into it. This is a huge hire because of Fields. Rookie year doesn't look great. So many things were wrong around him. I'm still buying stock, as Parkins put it, if anybody's selling. Absolutely. I still see all kinds of arm talent and athleticism. And the rest of it, you know, next year's a big prove-it year for Fields, obviously. But you get the coaching hire right and a good staff, and uh, let's go to work. Um, So that brings me to one more big-picture point, since I think we all know the coach is going to happen. What's the most important things to look for in a coach? Uh, someone really who... good article on the athletic on this that I'm piggybacking here by uh, Shay Capita. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but it's got to be someone who can maximize Justin Fields' talent. Okay, ability. so you want to go for the home run coordinator who's never coached? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't want a defensive guy who's never coached before, but if it was a defensive guy, like, I don't know. I wouldn't, you mentioned Dan Quinn. I didn't know that Ryan Pace had interest in Dan Quinn. That was, that was, that was, that story came out, I think late last week. Hmm. Interesting. And he wasn't a bad coach. No, they kind of had a historic collapse in the Super Bowl and never recovered. I think there's a decent chance he is a head coach again before long. It would have to be. I okay it would have to be someone like that on the defensive side who's been a head coach before otherwise you gotta pick an offensive guy all right i want to let's talk about his 10 things okay in this article focus number one focus on leadership above all else head coaching responsibilities go way beyond x's and o's you need to be able to build relationships at every level from the billionaire owner to the practice squad linebacker to the equipment staff totally agree Mm -hmm. this is hard to define though they can tell when you're phony. You know, one of the worst things that Maggie ever said, that was one of the first tells for me as I look back, BU. Mm. BU suggests to me that one, you're either insecure enough that you got to remind yourself of this, 
or worse, you're stubborn enough to think, hey, should we do something different? No, 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 no. Be you. Awful trait. It sounds good, but yeah, it's not. <laughs> Number two, and I love this one. Make sure you believe in their plan for building out a strong staff. This is yes. the number one thing that would interest me in Jim Harbaugh. He's mm-hmm. always put together a killer staff. Mm-hmm. Bring back Vic if he gets fired. Vic, yeah, and maybe Greg Roman too. Come uh, on, how jazzed up would uh... Bears fans be for that? Yeah. Number three, find someone who can connect with players, which Nagy excelled at, by the way. Mm-hmm. Four, and this is the other one I thought was great. Two and four really hit me. Find someone who has a plan for sustained Whoa. offensive success. There's two ways. Whoa. The first is to hire an offensive head coach, like the next Reed or Sham Payton, isn't easy, but it does offer huge upside. I'm going to read this part because I think it's really interesting. An adaptable, innovative play caller with the ability to do more with less or the ability to build a consistent offensive juggernaut is a clear path to sustained success overall. Among the 20 teams that have made it to the conference championship over the past 19 years, 19 or sorry sorry past five years 19 95 percent finished in the top 10 in offensive dvoa and 14 finished in the top five Hmm. over that same period six finished in the top 10 in defensive dvoa and only five in the top five that doesn't mean you can have a trash defense but an elite offense has a much better chance of carrying you in the modern nfl right and we've so done that. Mean, we've said that for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Does this mean you should always target an offensive coach? <clears throat> Not necessarily. Oh, that's what he says. Refer to the first guideline. Some of the NFL's best coaches, Tomlin, John Harbaugh, coach D or special teams. The key, if you are hiring a defensive minded or CEI CEO type head coach is you need to make sure there's a well thought out plan for building an offense that can be complicated. So but if it doesn't come from an offensive background, who's his coordinator if he leaves? What's his plan for building a pipeline? Will he have good position coaches? All of that would factor in. So that's how you can do it as a plan without having necessarily – like, do you want to take a chance on Kellen Moore? Because he's boomer bust. I do not. Brian Dable, I think, is better. Greg Roman, I think, I... is better as they've been around a lot longer. Yes. And they've achieved more success mm-hmm. in multiple offenses. And there's times where the Dallas offense falls apart with all that talent. That worries me. Number five, I love this one too. Avoid coaches who want to flip the field, take the points, or end every drive with a kick. And I'd also add, or when it kick right before the half or kneel right before the half. That's Dick Duran. <laughs> yep. And football over the long run, he says, aggressiveness is rewarded. Yes. Yes. If there's 57 seconds left in the first half, you have all three of your timeouts and you're down by seven. If they say they'd probably take a couple of kneel downs, move on <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yes. six find someone who's open-minded one of the biggest flaws in matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. slow were we to change things when they needed to seven cast a white net some of these are obvious and then make sure you have a power structure blah 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 blah. you get the point the others are kind of trite but those first four man that's great advice from a guy who covers the league nationally not mm-hmm. attached to just one team and I wish I had any confidence that the people running the Bears would, would take it to heart. Now, there are these stories about Bill Polian and Tony Dungy and that the Bears have reached out to other experts to get advice on what to do. What do you think about that? I, I mean, I like the idea, but I don't know if those are the guys I would want to talk to. Why not? It's 2005. <laughs> like, why, why are we talking to guys that haven't been in the league in 10 years? 
Yeah. If there's other names involved too, great. Yeah. But uh, this is this is a point cousin Nate made to me on the phone cousin a bit ago. It's just hilarious. Why are the why are the McCaskies bad at football? We always hear, oh, they're a family that's a business. They're not football people. But what's their business been for 40 years? More than that. I mean, well, if you go back to how I'm trying to just stick with Virginia here. Oh, but yeah, okay. you go all the way back to grandpa, yeah. right? How are they not football people? How is there not one McCaskey who's like, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm just as good as a Rooney. That's it's, it's actually totally nonsense that they're bad at this this many years later. You know, frustrating. All right, let's put a bow on it with some other things. Uh, we got to congratulate Robert Quinn. We do. The new Chicago Bears single season sack leader. And then he was one of the two recipients of the Jeff Dickerson Media Award. Man, that story stinks. Kudos to Bears fans, ESPN, all the people that made that donation go crazy. By the way, that was great. That that was uh, a terrible story with a heartwarming, Mm -hmm. you know, at least for now, with the donations over a million. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Shout out to the Packers and Vikings for donating. The Ford family donated. So the rivals all got on board. Yeah. I was waiting for the Packers to donate $25,001, but they matched the Bears. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so kudos to Quinn. And did you see his comments after he won that little award from the media? Holy yeah, cow. Best quote of the things, year in the uh, NFL. Two things a man doesn't want to – two things a man has and he doesn't want to lose either, his word and his uh... – oh, yeah. Manly. Man berries. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Robert Quinn is a treat, and I never thought I'd be saying that after last year. And he, I mean, he beat Bears royalty. Richard Dent is Bears. And he did it in sixteen royalty. games. In sixteen games, that's. Did right. you hear where Dent was like, "Yeah, but I did it in ten starts." Yeah. <laughs> Good. For also, him, shout yeah. out to Roquan for calling the timeout. Nagy, of course, probably was going forward with that. He is a player. Oh, Roquan did that. But Roquan called the timeout until oh. uh, he could celebrate. I heard and Nicky did that. Oh. Pod punching bag, who I'm trying not to have as a pod punching bag because he's playing pretty good football. and Nobody completes passes on him the last half of the season. Eddie Jackson slowed down when he saw Quinn was going to get the sack. Mm. He deliberately – you can see him break down with his feet, ironically, which he doesn't do to tackle half the time, but he actually stops <laughs> and lets Quinn get the whole sack. Mm. Go watch it again. And he's coming on a blitz and he slows up a little bit. Hmm. Pretty interesting. By the way, he's he's allowing like a passer rating of like 36 the last yeah, eight. Yeah, he's done better. I want to see turnovers with that contract, but yeah. I want to see the contract better. restructured. <laughs> that would work too. Yeah, that would Without kicking too. all the money in the future years, the cap yep. can be lowered with the signing bonus. You know, as um, bad as the offense is, he's maybe, played better. maybe the defense is not in that bad of shape going into next year. Depends on the line. They're going to lose some people there. Yeah. But they haven't been playing with half of them anyway. But with the secondary, much better now? Is Eddie I mean, Goldman back on the Bears? No. No, he is not. Hicks? Probably not. I'm not Maybe. It depends on the market. I, I before, told you last yeah. time I thought there was a chance. If he's not going to get um, money, why wouldn't he just I, I think you obviously you know? turned down, turned the nose tackle over to Tonga. Hmm. Anyway, that's a, that's a future pod. Okay. Um, anything else from the Giants game? I would assume no. Well, Andy uh, Dalton was it? terrible, and Hub Arkish even said it, which was hilarious. Since yes, he's been he did banging the Andy Dalton drum all year. I do want to say one thing about 
that game in that it made that made Ryan Pace look bad. And a lot of other people have made comments about it, but watching Mike Glennon against <laughs> Andy, Andy Dalton, Dalton, two guys that Pace gave way too much money to, and watching them just fall over themselves. And yeah, I know the Bears scored 29 points, but 22 of that was set up by the defense, including a safety. Drive. Let's not pretend. So, I, yeah. Dalton the, missed wide open guys in the end zone. He, he had an interception third dropped down. in the end zone. He should have thrown two picks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one not pick was good. just bad. Like, This is why we didn't want to sign him. Mm-hmm. After the Russell Wilson thing, I was mm-hmm. so mad when they signed Dalton. Yeah. That was probably as mad as I've been at the bears in an off season like you know that little that evening and next day and then they got fields and it's like okay back to hope but, but then no we're gonna keep we're gonna start dalton because we told him we he was gonna be the starter come yeah. on and then wasting all the training camp the press conference was awful too mm-hmm. bad run let's hope this off season gives us more to be happy about before the draft mm-hmm. it might it should i hope so uh, we will do a year in review after the Vikings game and yes. bloody Monday, right? We'll meet up Monday night. Do you want to do a post game and then a bloody Monday, or just do it all at once? Do you want to do a full on year interview, which would probably be separate from whatever happens Monday? That's what I'm wondering because Monday's yeah. going to give us a lot to do. Let's do that. Let's do Sunday after the Bears. Okay, game. so we will come back Sunday mm-hmm. to wrap up the season more so than the Vikings game. And we'll look at our preseason playoff picks and see how we did. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to do a wild card preview then later in the week? Yeah, I think so. Maybe three we three can... episode weeks since we owe the good people. We do. It's been yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like Hogan John's territory. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. We're coming for him. <laughs> yeah. We're, <laughs> we're right behind you. Mm. Yeah. I love their pod. It's uh, that would be hey. hilarious if there's ever any traction there. Never. But I got one more thing before you take us home. Okay. The new shirts have arrived. Oh. And I'm going to show you. Our listeners can't see, but. That looks good. Doesn't it? Yes. Definitely much improved. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Merry so, Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever yeah. else. The, I, this is a real shirt designer who did it. That's It wasn't me. He's yeah. like, yeah. what do you think of this, Mark? <laughs> you like this? Well, let's move that up and over. Yeah. <laughs> So this is a real shirt guy, and yeah, so um, and he can make new shirts for us any quantity. So, I was like, yeah, okay. So, uh, those of you who have reach out listeners who already have a shirt, like cousin Nate, buddy Brian, former student, oh, no, former student Tim doesn't have one yet. Sorry, former <laughs> student Tim, you're gonna get one real soon. We need to put him in touch with Buddy Brian so they can commiserate on their shirt delays. Yes, and our other our other guys, our other listeners who have shirts, we will send you, I will send you a new shirt because uh, you deserve it for being loyal. And Do you want them to listeners. email so you, thank you, Twitter? I think I, st- I, think I still have everybody's info. Okay. So, so yeah. you are sort of organized. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no. All right, well, on that perfect note we are barely educated the podcast for bears fans who want to vent hopefully have a laugh or two shout out to the great terry boars along the way and you know where to find us on twitter at barely underscore educated you can find us on buy me a coffee you can shoot us a gmail i think you all know the drill by now and we will talk to you later uh see you sunday
Mark Jensen. The eminent archaeologist. I think he's a bum. How dare you, sir? You don't know me. You suck, Chris. Hello. Yeah, I've been immunized. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. I f- all the bears.